Hi, this is Angie Meadows. And it's Josh Bond. And this is The Rocker Recovery. And I think we're all big enough now to start studying our Bible. And Josh, I feel like if we're not grounded in the Word, we're not going to grow. No. We're, it's so, there's so much competi- competition for our attention out there that if we're not intentionally in the Word, if we're not disciplining ourselves, if we're not growing, we're moving backwards. So we're moving through a study on Daniel. You can teach it to your children. I've had many adults that don't normally study their Bible, and they've said, this is my level. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so lesson number five is called the handwriting on the wall. The reading is Daniel 5, 1 through 31. Read us the principle, Josh. Authority rises and falls by the hand of the Lord. That's Psalm 75, 7. So once we can start meditating on the Word, reading the Word, uh, studying the Word, then we can start pulling principles out. And it's amazing how many principles I get out of the Word of God, and yet it took me 30 years to even figure out what a principle was. (laughs) And I still can't say, okay, this is it. I still can't, but I can pull them out of the Scriptures, so that's really cool. So the people that are in our study is Belshazzar. Now, this is not Belshazzar, which is Daniel's Babylonian name, but it's the grandson of Nebuchadnezzar. And he is second in command. So his father, Nabonidus, is probably in another country ruling. And then there is the wise man in this story. There's the queen mother that's most likely Nebuchadnezzar's wife or Belshazzar's grandma. And then there's Daniel the prophet. So this is during the reign of Nabonidus, and Belshazzar was in command over Babylon, and he was most likely, he was governing different parts of the kingdom. So here we are in Babylon. And so let's uh, review what's going to be happening in this story, Josh. Belshazzar? (laughs) Belshazzar was having a party, and they were drunk. He commanded his servants to go and obtain the vessels of gold and silver from storage. Then Belshazzar defile God's holy vessels with the worship to false gods of silver, gold, silver, brass, iron, wood, and stone. A finger appeared and wrote on the wall. Daniel prophesied the meaning of the message. Belshazzar's kingdom was divided and taken from him that night, and he was killed. Darius the Mede took over the kingdom. Okay, so this guy was the um let's see Nebuchadnezzar was the head of gold. Yeah. So these these got this was the kingdom of silver. So now we're going to get to the next level of the kingdom which is Darius the Mede. And so the character skill that we want to talk about is authority is established by God. It's disrespect versus honor. So to honor my authority is to humble myself and serve my leaders with a willing heart. Honor is the expression of loyalty and devotion. There is no authority except what has been established by God in Romans 13.1. So here. Success is a reward reward for honoring your parents honor your father and mother which is the first commandment with the promise that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth ephesians 6 2 and 3 yes so here we've got two principles that we need to understand 
authority is established by God. So that means that I can honor my authority. I'm not going to do anything dishonorable. We've already talked about that. But I am going to honor my authority. I may not be able to honor the man because he might be wicked and evil, but I can honor his position. Um, And so if I honor my parents, I have a promise that my life's going to go well. So the first question is, what was happening and how many people were there in Daniel 5.1? King... Belshazzar gave a great banquet for a thousand of his nobles and drank wine with them. A thousand friends. He invited a thousand friends to the party. Now that was a party. Yeah. And back then they would party for a whole week. Yeah. They would have a meal. They would have dinner. People would come in from all these other countries. And it'd go on for a whole week. So what was Belshazzar's command in Daniel 5-2? While Belshazzar was drinking his wine, he gave orders to bring in the gold and six goblets that Nebuchadnezzar, his father, had taken from the temple in Jerusalem so that the king and his nobles, his wives, and his concubines might drink from them. Hmm. So he commanded that those gold and silver vessels that were belonged to God's temple in Jerusalem that Grandpa had stolen be brought in. And he didn't realize that this these vessels belong to the Lord. So the New Testament talks about us being a vessel, and it talks about us being a vessel for the finer or an earthen vessel. So if I want to be a vessel for God, for His Holy Spirit to dwell in me, I don't want to quench His Spirit, but I want His Spirit to have free reign, and I'm going to have that as I obey everything that the Holy Spirit has spoken to me, everything that I have found in His Word. And I'm not going to defile myself. Um, I'm not going to allow somebody else to defile me. And I get defiled when I take on somebody else's problems and I start being fearful or anxious or fretful. I have just elevated the inferior. And and now I I feel myself divide. Mm Yeah, so it's important that my vessel belongs to the Holy Spirit and that I discipline myself in prayer and thanksgiving and seeking the Lord that I can be offer myself to God as His workmanship, as His handmaiden. So number three. What did Belshazzar's, his prince's wives, concubines, do with these vessels. And they drank wine. They praised the gods of gold and silver and of bronze and of iron and of wood and of stone. (laughs) So they used sacred vessels to worship false god. So if I'm God's sacred vessel and I go and defile myself worshiping false gods, elevating lies and believing the liar and empowering the liar, I'm in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in trouble. It's not long before I'm going to forget that I'm even saved. Yeah, I'm going to forget. That's true. I, I, so Sunday there was a fellow that I was um, ministering to, and I asked him, and you know, I'd start a scripture and he'd finish it. I'd start a scripture and he'd finish it. And I'm thinking, this man knows the Lord. You know, he's in recovery and stuff. And I said, so you saved? And he said, no, I'm not saved. And I thought, no, that's that's weird. I, I could have been certain that he was. So during the preaching, the, the pastor says, um, you know, we were praying for a loved one, and, and he was in addiction, and everybody was crying because he wasn't saved. And the Holy Spirit dropped in my spirit that he was saved. And I thought, yes, this man is saved. And so at the end of the service, I told him, and he said, 
that's exactly what I felt like the Lord was saying when that preacher said that. <laughs> so I said, look at that. You can stop wrestling now. You are saved. Now just be a vessel for the finer. Yeah. So what he has done is maybe believed lies about himself yeah. and, and thought that he wasn't saved when he was definitely saved. Yeah. So if you're saved, if you've ever given your heart to the Lord and now you've elevated the inferior – you need to go back and realize that, wait a minute, I, I don't have to wrestle with this anymore. I'm saved. I'm safe in the arms of God. Nobody's going to pluck me out of his hands. I'm okay. <laughs> so let's see what question number four says. Then what happened? Suddenly the fingers of your human hand appeared and wrote on the plaster of the wall near the lampstand in the royal palace. The king watched the hand as it wrote. Hmm. So a hand <clears throat> appeared right in the middle of thin air and started writing. <laughs> so how did Belshazzar respond in Daniel 5, 6? His face turned pale, and he was so frightened that his legs became weak and his knees went were knocking. <laughs> so he was gripped with fear. Well, I think I would be too if there was a hand writing. Yeah, wall. just out of the blue. Just <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Especially if I had the gold and silver yeah. vessels from yeah. the temple of the mighty God. Yeah. I'm sure that there was a spirit of fear that come on him. So number six. Who did Belshazzar call for the first, and what did he promise them for the interpretation? What is it? Interpretation. Interpretation. Of, okay. of the words that were written on the wall. So the king summoned the enchanters, the astrologers, and the diviners. And then he said to those wise men of Babylon, Whoever reads this writing and tells me what it means will be clothed in purple and have a gold chain placed around his neck, and he will be made the third highest ruler in the kingdom. So he was making some promises here. But now, let's see. Right here. Oh, what happened next, and how did the king feel about this? Hmm. I was thinking about the story previous to this right here. <laughs> okay, I was there just he, now with he him. He was chasing that squirrel. <laughs> yeah. He was worried, yeah. Then all the king's wise men came in, but they could not read the writing or tell the king what it meant. So King Belshazzar became even more terrified, and his face grew more pale. His nobles were baffled. Look at that. Nobody knew what Nobody. the writing meant. And so then the queen mother, grandmother, heard this, and uh, what did she say to Belshazzar? She said, the queen, hearing these voices of the king and his nobles in Daniel 5, 10 through 12, came into the banquet. May the king live forever, she says. Don't be alarmed. Don't look so pale. There is a man in your kingdom who has the spirit of the holy gods in him can't you just hear her talking <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in the time of your father he was found to have insight and intelligence and wisdom like that of the gods and of course she's talking about daniel your father king nebuchadnezzar appointed him chief for the magicians the enchanters the astrologers the diviners he did this because daniel whom he called belteshazzar was found to be keen of mind and knowledge and understanding and also the ability to interpret dreams, explain riddles, and solve difficult problems. Call for Daniel, and he will tell you the writing on the wall. So here, here she is. She's given this grandson who's scared to death instructions. Huh. So number nine. Then yeah. Daniel was called Belshazzar, rehearsed what the queen had told him about Daniel, and then he made promises to Daniel for the interpretation of the writing on the wall. How did Daniel respond? Mm, Daniel 5.17, then Daniel answered, ha, 
you can keep your gifts for yourself and your rewards to someone else. Neither, nevertheless, I will read the writing for the king and tell him what it means. So Daniel's probably about 85 years old. (laughs) And you know, when he interpreted the dreams for Nebuchadnezzar, he was given royalty and gifts and positions and power, and he accepted all that. But this time he's like 85 years old. He's like, you know, my affections are above here. I don't care about your gifts anymore. So he's like, just keep them. So number 10. Daniel gives Belshazzar a history lesson. What does he tell him about his grandfather, King Nebuchadnezzar? In Daniel 5, 20 and 21, but when his heart became arrogant, he's talking about Nebuchadnezzar, and he was hardened with pride, he was disposed from his royal throne and stripped of his glory. He was driven away from the people and given a mind of an animal. He lived with the wild donkeys, he ate grass like the ox, and his body was drenched with the dew of heaven until he acknowledged the Most High God in sovereign uh, is sovereign over the kingdoms on earth and sets over them anyone he wishes. So here's Daniel, and he's telling Belshazzar, you know, God, God stripped your uh, grandpa of yeah. everything because of his pride. And you know, I see that in our lives. If I get arrogant, if I get wounded, and I harden my heart, I'm going to be stripped of my peace, of my joy, of my the goodness that I hold in myself, and I'm going to go about grieving and mourning. So it's very important that when things happen, that I lift them up to the Lord as my sacrifice for the day, and I trust Him no matter what that looks like, but that I don't allow my heart to be hardened. So number 11. What was Daniel's bold rebuke to King Belshazzar? Daniel 5, 22 through 24. But you, Belshazzar, his son, have not humbled yourself, though you knew all this. Instead, you have set yourself up against the Lord of heaven. You had the goblets from his temple brought to you, and you and your nobles, your wives, and your concubines drank wine from them. You praised the gods of silver and gold, of bronze and iron and wood and stone, which cannot see or hear or understand, but you did not honor the God who holds in his hand your life and all your ways. Therefore, he sent the hand that wrote the inscription. So here he's giving him three things. What's he say to him? He says, You you have not humbled yourself. Next. You set yourself up against the Lord of heaven. Hmm. You honored false gods with God's holy vessels instead of honoring the one who holds your life in his hands. Hmm. The hand that wrote on the wall was from God. Yes, yeah, so Daniel's kind of scolding him here. Mm-hmm. He's not holding back. No. Number, he's got some boldness here. Yeah. Number, number 12. What was the meaning of the inscription that was written on the wall? Daniel five twenty six through 28. This is the inscription that was written on the wall. Many, many tekel parson. Here is what the words mean. Many means God has numbered your days of your reign and brought it to an end. Tekel, you have been weighed on the scales and found wanting. Perez, your kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and the Persians. So it's divided. It's like the two legs, mm-hmm. the left and the right. It's divided between the Medes and the Persians. So his days are numbered. And you know what I think is so interesting here? He didn't get a second chance like Nebuchadnezzar did. Yeah. Hmm. Number 13. Uh, what happened that night? Did Belshazzar get a second chance like Nebuchadnezzar? Hmm. That very night, 
Belshazzar, king of the Babylonians, was slain. He was slain by his own people. And the Darius the Mede took over the kingdom at the age of 62. So that very night he died. He did not get driven to the field. Mm-hmm. He did not get seven years to repent, to no. look up to the Most High. And, you know, in recovery we see this. We see people really have an open experience with the Lord, and then the enemy steals it from them. Mm. And they go back out. Their minds get hardened, their hearts get hardened, and they go back out and they think they're not saved. And then we also see um, other ones that don't get a second chance. Yeah. They they go out and they die. Die first thing out. <laughs> yeah. So here's some challenge questions. Number one. Choose one thing to do to honor each parent and grandparent in your life. You know, if you've struggled with your parents and your grandparents, if they were dishonorable, you cannot honor what was dishonorable, but you can honor them for their position. Mm -hmm. You can go back. You can give your mom flowers on Mother's Day. You can give your dad a gift card on Father's Day. You know, if they're alive, go back. If if they're gone, um, write them a letter and thank thank them for what they did do. Even uh, if you go back and tell them, thank you for having me. Thank yeah, you, you for taking the time to... Mm, you uh, gave me life. You uh, fed, gave me life, yes. You fed me. You clothed me. Yeah. You sent me to school. Yeah. So say thank you 10 times a day. That's number two challenge. So I want you to do that. I want you to go around today and find 10 people or 10 things to say thank you for. Now here's some discussion questions. What will pride do to your heart? Hmm. It'll harden your heart, won't it? Yes. Number two. What will you? What might you be doing to honor false gods above the one true God of heaven? Ouch. Mm-hmm. Wow. I know I'm honoring a false god when my heart's not at peace. Hmm. If I have God's peace, I know that I've honored truth. And I can't tell you how many times I wake up with anxiety. And I have to sit with uh, my prayer my prayer app um i have to sit until i find my peace and it normally takes me a minute or two (laughs) it doesn't take very long but if i get going too fast and i just Mm -hmm. keep moving i am anxious all day long so number three do you honor and obey your parents Mm. so children need to be taught to honor uh, to honor their teachers, to honor authority, to honor our pastors, to honor our elders, uh, and to be patient, to be kind. And sometimes if we're not modeling that, it's going to be very difficult for them to pick that up. Yeah. So I've got a heart evaluation here. And um, Ezekiel eleven nineteen through 20 says, I will give them singleness of heart, which is an undivided heart. And I will put them within them a new spirit, and I will take away the heart of stone and give them tender hearts instead, so that they will obey my laws and my regulations, and then they will truly be my people, and I will be their God. So Josh is going to read to you the tender heart, um, that side, and I'll give you the scriptures. Upright, joyful heart. That's Psalms 97.11. Heart free from sin. Psalms one nineteen eleven. Sound blameless heart. Psalms one nineteen eighty. Tried tested heart. Jeremiah seventeen ten. Whole heart. Jeremiah twenty four seven. Sin- single heart. Undivided. Yeah. Ezekiel eleven nineteen. Obedient heart. Ezekiel eleven twenty. New heart. Ezekiel eighteen thirty one. New spirit. New heart. Ezekiel thirty six twenty six. Spirit-filled heart. Ezekiel 36.27. Bless heart. Ezekiel 36.28. Clean heart. Ezekiel 36.29. Kept guarded heart. Proverbs 4.23. Honest good heart. 
Luke eight fifteen. Good heart, fruitful life. Uh, Luke six forty three. Wise heart. Proverbs ten eight. Believing heart. Acts eight thirty seven. Faithful heart. Romans ten six through nine. Grateful heart. Grace. Uh, yeah, Colossians three sixteen. So let's look at these. An upright, joyful heart, a heart free from sin, a heart that is sound and blameless, a heart that is tried, trust, tested and true, a whole heart, a single undivided heart, an obedient heart, a new heart, uh, a new spirit, a spirit-filled heart, a blessed heart, a clean heart, a guarded heart, an honest heart, a good, fruitful heart, a wise heart, a believing heart, a faithful heart, and a grateful heart. <laughs> That's your inheritance right there to have that heart. But now let's look what a heart of stone looks like. Hardened heart. Exodus four twenty-one, and then Exodus seven three and thirteen. A stubborn, disloyal heart. Psalm seventy-eight eight, perverse heart. Proverbs twelve eight, sorrowful heart. Proverbs fifteen thirteen, fretful raging heart. Proverbs nineteen three, foolish heart. Proverbs twenty two fifteen, wicked evil heart. Proverbs twenty six twenty three, fearful heart. Isaiah thirty five four, adulterous heart. Isaiah forty four fifteen, pagan heart. Isaiah forty four sixteen and seventeen. Blind, deluded heart. Isaiah forty four eighteen. Mindless heart. Isaiah forty four nineteen. Deceived, deluded heart. Isaiah forty four twenty. Departing heart. Cursed. Jeremiah seventeen five. Desperately wicked heart. Jeremiah seventeen nine. Exiled heart. Oh, prideful heart. A prideful heart. Jeremiah forty nine sixteen. Exiled heart. Ezekiel eleven twenty one. Unclean heart. Matthew fifteen eighteen through nineteen. Simple, easily deceived heart, mind. Romans sixteen eighteen. Now look at that. Yeah. Look at that. The heart of stone, a hardened heart, a stubborn heart, a disloyal heart, perverse, sorrowful, fretful, raging, foolish, wicked, evil, fearful, idolatrous, pagan, blind and deluded, mindless, deceived, <laughs> departing, desperately wicked, prideful, like exiled, unclean, and simple, easily deceived. Now, I don't know about you, Josh, but I struggle with a hard heart sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I struggle with the sorrowful, grieving heart, and I struggle with the fearful heart. And so let's see. Whenever I've got a sorrowful heart, I need to realize I've got the opposite written there as a tried, tested heart. I need to realize that I'm being tested. Am I going to trust God? Am I not going to trust yeah. God? When I've got a fearful heart in Isaiah, I can exchange it for that new heart in Ezekiel. So I want you to look at your heart condition. If I'm not allowing the Holy Spirit to soften my heart, to shape me and mold me in His image, I'm going to be deluded, and I'm going to be setting with this hard, hardened, stubborn heart. Is there any of these you want to talk about? No, not really. I mean, I, there's a couple of them that I see that, I mean, just the very first one is, is hardened heart. You know what I mean? Mm. Just how people get hardened to the death, to the all kinds of stuff. You know what I mean? It happens. It ha well, and what I have found is that this comes out of unbelief. If I have a hardened heart, it's because I don't believe that God knows what He's doing. No. It's because I've embraced pride and I'm depending on myself instead of realizing that I need to be totally dependent upon the Lord. Yeah. 
And then I need to receive the inheritance of that tender heart, that joyful, free heart, that free spirit to just be able to enjoy my days. So now let's look at a few parenting tips. Number one. Teach the children how to humble themselves before one another by being kind and sharing. Well, look at that. (laughs) We're going to have some lessons on sharing. So (laughs) honor our parents and gratefulness are two excellent ways to keep ourselves humble. Number two. Teach the children to honor their authority even when they are not perfect. God gave them their parents to honor and obey. They cannot honor what is dishonorable, but they can, can honor the fact that their parents gave them life home, food, or clothes. As they honor their parents, they will be able to forgive them for their shortcomings. If not, they will tend to repeat the same shortcomings with their children. Ouch, 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 Mm. ouch. (laughs) And, And, you know, sometimes, like, I knew what the shortcomings were of my parents, and I did the extreme and the opposite. (laughs) in one instance I did and you know it gave me just as many consequences (laughs) so we have to be careful if we're not yielding and repenting and and I actually just you know the shortcomings are the shortcomings you can't really make excuses for them that they are what they are but you don't have you can yield them to the Lord and say okay Lord you can make something good out of this. So children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with the promise, that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy a long life on the earth, Ephesians 6, 1, and 3. So if you're an adult and you did not honor your parents or you have a, a root of bitterness there, I want you to acknowledge their shortcomings and then I want you to forgive them and I want you to ask the Lord to redeem that. Um... To make good what was meant for evil. And this is Angie Meadows. And it's so <laughs> And this was the handwriting in the wall from Daniel 5.